welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm Paula Thomas, the founder and CEO of Let's Talk Loyalty. Today's episode is hosted by Charlie Hills, Managing Director of Mando Connect, a UK-based agency that uses smart data to create brilliant partnerships and rewards that really work. If you work in loyalty marketing, make sure to join Let's Talk Loyalty every Tuesday, every Wednesday, and every Thursday to learn the latest ideas from loyalty experts around the world. Capillary's loyalty solutions offer AI-powered next-generational technology, making them a catalyst for enabling meaningful human connections across the globe. The platform is deep and wide, yet flexible enough to meet the needs of any company looking to take its customer loyalty to new heights. Visit capillarytech.com now to see how they can transform your loyalty future. Hello, and welcome to episode 395 of Let's Talk Loyalty. I'm Charlie Hills, the Managing Director and Head of Strategy for Mando Connect, WPP's Loyalty Specialist Partnerships and Rewards Agency. We have created a new white paper in partnership with YouGov that explores loyalty membership appeal and impact across 24 European markets. And I'm delighted to be hosting a series of six podcasts with some of the experts featured in the paper to help listeners better understand loyalty across Europe. Today, I am delighted to welcome Radek from VoxWise. Radek has dedicated the last 20 years of his professional life to loyalty programs and direct marketing and is one of the most skilled practitioners in Central Europe. He is a partner of the VoxWise company, which delivers loyalty programs, pricing and direct marketing solutions. And he has provided the expert commentary on the Czech Republic in the white paper. Today, we will be learning about Redek's favourite loyalty programmes, what the loyalty landscape looks like in the Czech Republic and which are the programmes to watch. I hope you enjoy our conversation today. Radek, welcome to today. We're absolutely thrilled to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been such a pleasure to work on the white paper with you, and I'm really excited to talk to you about it today. Um, I'm going to dive straight in, really, with Paula's favourite question. Uh, what is your favourite loyalty programme? Charlie, I'm really delighted to, to be here because I'm listening to Lesser Loyalty since inception, and I think that this question is very uh, well set because it tells a lot about the person answering it's paula's secret because yeah. you know you, you have various people from around the world and most of them um you know willing to share their their world-class knowledge so they are sharing the the, the biggest ones and uh, especially from travel industry where the size matters yeah, but I think, and and personally myself, I'm a little bit contrarian to to the others. So, so I was thinking about it, this question, and I was trying to persuade myself not, not to say this, but I can't help myself. You know, my favorite loyalty program <laughs> is a local pizza shop. It's nice. a paper cart. So after you know buying seven pizzas and receiving seven uh, stamps, you get one for free. 
it can be most it can be simpler it's it's so simple it's so it's so nice from him because i know him personally he is i live in a very small town uh, not far away from prague so uh, he is a local entrepreneur he does pizza nothing else so um his uh, view about the world about the 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 the, the possibilities in marketing he does have website why maybe some basic one and um still uh he is taking care of his customers and giving away something for the low ones so i take this as a big learning because um most of my time i spend uh, uh i spend the time thinking about uh, big loyalty efforts and uh, managing millions of clients and helping big companies to do um, um, complicated schemes, uh, trying to be on budget and trying to calculate ROI. And we often, and myself too, often forget that there are some basics in in the loyalty industry and that we shouldn't forget the reward. Customers, they love to be rewarded. And what's the better reward than free pizza? (laughs) <laughs> yes do you get through seven yes seven seven and eight <laughs> is three actually um i think that uh this program uh gives us also big learning about the thinking of entrepreneurs because um i think that he is aware that there is no competition around there are no another uh, competitors close to but um, uh, I don't think that only having a great product is the only way to long-term success because people get bored. You know, you can't eat pizza every second day and, and not everybody's fan of this um, meal. So even if you are very local and very, very small and, and, and you have the personal touch to your, com- to, to your customers, you have to accept that some of them forget. And they, you know, less you are involved, less you less you maybe don't pass the, the, the shop, you just forget more often. So anyway, how to get some engagement, some 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 attraction, some some uh, message to the customer's brain, uh, it's valid. And um, I learned during my career uh, one important thing. People never buy exclusively from one brand. This is my, 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 my life, lifetime topic to share a wallet, but probably I'll talk about it with you a little bit. Because, and, and the share of wallet is something you, you need to accept, that people they just simply don't buy from one brand. They don't eat pizza every day and any any additional purchase any additional order you can somehow influence and maybe through loyalty program uh, is counted is um, is is your future so that's it but uh, of course there are also some some good examples of uh, great programs which are absolutely let's say updated so i'd like to also share with you another one which is uh, 
sweet green it's a it's a oh. salad bars uh, chain in states and their approach to loyalty is absolutely different and they have two tiers etc but for the for the basic free tier the reward proposition is not set it's based on challenges so you don't know exactly what you get next week you have to complete a challenge and this is great because uh, it rewards your changes in behavior and i think this this is very underestimated that in the loyalty industry in our efforts what is our aim increase the probability of of uh, the next purchase but how we need to translate this to customer's behavior and we need to give him or her some motivation and some infamous the seed information in the brain that if i do this i get this and these short-term challenges are so powerful okay so two examples I think those are brilliant examples. And I love that blend of the small and independent business because I think we're all very familiar with those loyalty programs. And I really enjoy seeing the big brands as well who've taken that insight and their simplicity and and brought it to life for their program. So famously in the British market at the moment, we've got big programs moving from points to milestone models. So Costa Club was one of the first ones to do it. And then interestingly this week, we've seen some going back to kind of more of a points model. And and then I think that second point you've made there about gamification and rewarding yeah. brand appropriate behavior with brand appropriate reward is a big trend that we're seeing in loyalty mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, do you have any other sort of key thoughts of other big trends that you're seeing coming through in loyalty? Because I think simplicity, definitely. Um, gamification, definitely. What are the other big areas that you're seeing come in? Uh, in UK, the, the same approach uh, is taken by ASDA. And uh, the guy from ASDA was uh, at uh, Lesser Loyalty recently, so everybody can listen to him and, yeah. and, and uh, try to understand. I think that the gamification approach is um, the main trend, but what is very underestimated is how how difficult it is to uh, execute it long term, because it sounds great. You know, we have challenges, we have games, but but you know, you have to be fresh to uh, the audience and not audience of one, but audience of many, and you have to work on the program every day. This is forgotten that such an approach is very, you know, work intensive and people, yeah. you know, they think that one uh, one template is enough, but it is not because, you know, what people tell you uh, about uh, long-term loyalty that after some time they get bored. They simply, it's, it's, it's the same, you know, it's rewarding, yes, yeah. but, but, you know, nothing is happening. And uh, we have to fight for that. Yeah, another I think that... another big trend. Another big trend is uh, is uh, communication. It's not a trend because David Ogilvy started direct communication uh, seventy years ago, about. Uh, and I think people, companies are still missing the message that that we in direct communication we should be direct. 
It means direct, it means not me as a company, as a corporation, I'm communicating with you, Charlie, our our customer, but but direct is is on personal level. We're talking about personalization, forgetting to use the right words. So I've it's not a it's not very surprising, but but I think that uh, that words uh, and um, copywriting is going back from from the basement where where it was uh, put. So yeah. Anyway, um, no, and I think the rise of AI is really interesting in that space as well. So we're already starting to test it to see, you know, with copywriting capabilities. And I think that's going to be the next kind of big challenge in direct and personalization. How do you make the best of it, but not, you know, dip into perhaps the worst of it? Um, do you exactly. have any clients looking at that in terms of what's coming and the future, exploring those kind of new technologies in this space? Are you looking at it? I am looking at it. Uh, I, I I do watch the trend very carefully. Clients are they are not so eager to it because um, they think it's a toy. And at the moment, it's a nice, very intelligent toy. But mm -hmm. uh, it's going to change the industry and uh, communication industry for sure. And we think that we will uh, we will challenge big problems in terms of management of the communication because you know you know personalization sounds great but if you don't um you can't control the machine when it's creating communication for millions of people in real time so there are challenges in front of us and uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna manage it as yeah. uh, as, as usually. It's exciting <laughs> times, isn't it? And and that's yeah, sort of looking ahead. You know, let's look back. How did you get into loyalty? What's your loyalty background? And then we'll come on to talk about the kind of the Czech market in particular. Yeah. But um, but how did you get in? What's your what's your background in the industry? It's such a boring story. <laughs> short version then short version <laughs> short version it's such a boring story because uh i was studying university and uh, during internship that was my first official internship i uh, in uh, 1999 it's good to remember i i love this uh these numbers um i was asked to do a research around loyalty because uh the the, the chairman the ceo of the company it was retail company um, in in fashion. Uh, he thought it would be nice to have some kind of club, you know. And mm -hmm. see, twenty plus years ago, I'm I'm not using the the the, the exact uh, number because I'm frightened. So, uh, in 1992, <laughs> before finishing the school, I I did the research and I told the board, you know, I was very young and told them. You just must launch it. It's important. Mm, didn't know exactly what the database means, but I was very, you know, I was very serious. And they just gave me the chance to launch it. So I was, uh, I launched uh, the Bada Club uh, in the year 2000. And I wow. spent with the company another 10 years um, managing the club and, and also being CMO for Central Europe. And then I left marketing, I left branding, I left communication and I solely focused on uh, loyalty because I love it. Because I think it's uh, it's meaningful. And what I hate on advertising is 
the, the the thing that you work on something for six months and then it's gone in 30 seconds you know it, the, yeah. the, the concentration of the ad work to to uh the time span is so frustrating so because and when you design a loyalty program it can last for 20 years so bar club is still alive after after 23 years it is there it's running and um well (laughs) i love it (laughs) it's something to be so proud of isn't it i feel the same way about the programs that i've worked on as well and then obviously we've worked together on the white papers and i still get really excited you know when we have the limited edition prints and actually the research lives on and and people can can use it and tell us a little bit about what happened after after i left the company and i started my freelance career because focusing on loyalty and, and and we will see and very recently, I um, I met uh, two guys uh, who are now my partners in Volkswagen. Oh, cool! Uh, and, and 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 we created a perfect trio because I'm in loyalty, and uh, my another partner Peter is uh, expert in pricing. So we do pricing consulting, pricing yeah. projects, and my third partner Milan is expert in analytics and direct communication engagement. So we together joined the forces. We on the beginning were free, you know, doing yeah. consultancy, doing project. Now we are close to forty people, and we. We are mainly focused on data analytics and engagement. And uh, I bring to the team the knowledge of loyalty. We do loyalty designs, um, mostly internationally, because actually we don't do so much in Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Uh, because I'm coming from Czech Republic. I'll tell you later how small but beautiful country it is. <laughs> well, no, I think we're excited to hear. Tell us more about the Czech Republic and what loyalty looks like in that market, because I know that was the expert commentary that you brought into yeah. the white paper and actually an overview of that market. Um, you know, what does membership look like? What do Czechs think about loyalty programs? And then, yeah, I'm, I'm always interested, particularly as we talk about it, about the similarities and differences to the other markets. I know you have some strong points of view on that so tell us what does loyalty look like in the czech republic first czech republic you know uh leicester loyalty has international audience so i have to do some pr to my uh beloved home country we are something like hidden gem in the center of europe but nobody really knows exactly where czech republic lies so i say just in the middle of europe (laughs) 10 million people so it's not a big country but uh, we are um, not very invited to people because because Czech Republic is beautiful, green, uh, hilly, you know, surroundings, not too many people. So um, so we are really protective, and uh, and we have very cheap beer and and the best beer in the world because, <laughs> because Pilsen is coming from from uh, a city in Czech Republic. So we have, um, I can say, you know, all the treasures. <laughs> <laughs> and Prague is a beautiful city. So so, so come to Prague and you will you will come back. I'm, I'm absolutely sure it's uh, as lovely as Venice and uh, not so crowded. <laughs> Czech Republic, uh, thanks to your work, uh, discovering landscape of loyalty around Europe, I had a chance to see how do Czechs behave to uh, compare com- in comparison to other European countries, and I was surprised. I was surprised that we are 
not below average as I thought, but we are in most metrics above average. For example, the, the, the percentage of people who are members of loyalty program is close to 70, 60, 67% uh, is a lot in comparison to, to the other European countries. Um, I think the study is great. It, it's like validation. Uh, what, what I found really interesting is that you have some metrics, and when you see them um, um, based on countries and you see the differences, you can better understand your home market. Because in comparison, you see, okay, Poland, oh, Poles are really different to us. That's true. But Germans are very similar. Yes, but that's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so it's really, it, it's really the... the um, uh, studying material, and I think that uh, that we as an expert maybe uh, appreciate it even more than the general public. So I'd like to invite all the people who are keen on loyalty, please read and think about it. Not only you know the first two pages as we usually do in every white paper, but but think about the graphs and think about the differences in Czech Republic. Fifty uh, percent of people said that they are attending being uh, in loyalty program that makes them more loyal that's a very sound message you know fifth half of of the population say we are more loyal and one third exactly 31 percent say we shop more often we spend more in great britain it is 37 percent 37 percent say they they shop more and um, it's such a great data point. You know, I wish to have these data years before because I spent years of yeah, arguing and defending uh, business cases on various loaded programs. Yeah. And in every business case, if you plan the future, you have to put some conversion rates. So how many people will leave our company, our brand? How many people will spend more? How many people will spend less? And these conversions are the heart of any business case. And now in the study in the white paper, thanks to you, Charlie, you <laughs> have a European benchmark. You know that at least one third of people will, will definitely spend more. And by the way, when I look at my analysis of my past work and my clients, I think that the, the, the number vary. From, from 20 to 50, but around 30 is a very safe bet. So that's that's the most interesting outcome of the study. And it's good to see the variances. You know, close to 40 in Great Britain, they, you are such a fan of the programs. <laughs> I of myself. That has been one of the most interesting things in the podcast and then in talking to the different market experts and program leads about the white paper, actually. It's what can you learn about your own market? But then who can you look and see is doing it better or having a stronger emotional impact, for example? And what are they doing better in that market than we're doing in ours? And I think that's almost the hidden gem of the research. You know, we started exactly. out just wanting to provide the kind of benchmarks for everybody for those business cases to get loyalty back up on the agenda. 
but actually I think the case studies that we've brought in, you know, from the program leads that are in the paper, but also from the market experts as yourself, um, really help kind of identify that insight. Like it's really interesting when you look at it that recommendation is so high in the Czech Republic. If 46% yep. of Czechs will recommend a brand, you know, if they're a member of its loyalty program and that's versus a 36% sort of European average. So there's obviously a lot happening in that market and culturally and contextually and in the broader scheme of everything that brands are doing that are actually driving you know, recommendations so strongly um, in your market. Um, in the paper, you talked about sort of some case studies of some programs that were, you know, performing well in the Czech Republic. I'm sure our readers, it's one of the questions we always get asked, you know, talk to us about what's the programs to look at in the Czech market? You know, which programs would you recommend our listeners go and have a look at? Uh, in the paper, you can find three of them. And I will highlight the uh, and Drogeria, which is uh, a drugstore chain uh, very similar to Boots. Mm -hmm. They do exactly the same offering. The program is very old. It's about 20 years and it evolved through the time. So it, uh, it, it is uh, the new version is since 2018. Um, it's called Active Beauty. And... Um, why I highlight that one, uh, first, it's a huge one. You know, more than half of women in Czech Republic are members. It's it's a big company. It's, it's yeah. the number one. Uh, but they are active. It's not like members in the database. People are tend, you know, tend to present themselves that, that we have millions of people. But uh, we are professionals, so we, we don't <laughs> care how many rows are in the database, but how many are with some activity, sign of life, and they are active. They are, they, and, and that's, that's the, in their official uh, presentation. What is important that um, through the independent measurements, they are really number one in loyalty uh, among uh, bigger companies. And uh, why is it? The offering is aimed to women, and women tend to uh, go to drugstore very often. So the earn burn mechanic, the 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 collection of points, is necessary. When 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 you have frequency, you you can't play a game every second day. You know that's too much. So and um, but besides that. There is a big role of uh, personalized uh, vouchers, which they deliver through mail, through mobile application, through email. Uh, if the vouchers are an, in drugstore, the variety of brands and, and things you, you, you buy as a yeah. woman is quite vast. It's not one brand yeah. store. So, so the personalization effort is quite successful. And when I interview women, they they very often tell me that in their M, they know me. So they are sending me relevant offers. That's like, you know, when 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 the bell is ringing, you know, yeah. Yeah, you finally know that someone is successful. <laughs> but I'd like to point out another thing which I uh, admire and, uh, and highlight. Uh, this brand don't uh, don't uh, save money on communication. They they do prepare and print very nice magazine, 
they send the magazine via mail. The, 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 all the content is available and, and very nicely put on the website in the mobile application. And, and it's all about health and beauty. So, so yeah. their audience is engaged. They like it. So communication, very good basic scheme, very good, let's say, management of the scheme. And in the end, you have a brilliant example of great loyalty program. Yeah, and I think that propensity for women to engage with loyalty programs, perhaps more than their male counterparts, is is something really interesting that we need to look at, at that in that European yeah, yeah. level. We've certainly got we see that very strongly um, in the British market, a significant difference between the two in terms of you know, their propensity to engage, their membership, their activity levels, their appeal, their yeah. impact. And we're actually just starting the work um, to look at that at a pan-European level. We're also going to be looking at age as well and how that affects um loyalty engagement and i think those are again very interesting things that we need to think about as loyalty marketers to tailor the program to the audience what about your other favorite programs i know you did three in the paper so who would you who would you put who's number two talk to me about, talk to our listeners about another one let me say a few words uh, about something what is not um not visible on the first sight uh, the uh, it's regarding the, the, the drugstore chain. Mm-hmm. They don't do a um, classical actionable price uh, discounting. What they do, they collect the money from vendors and yeah. they uh, transfer this money through points multipliers, but don't look at points multipliers like two or three. They use 10, 20 times more points for a certain brand or product. And all these money are uh, they, they 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 end up in the most low customer accounts. So it's a nice game, and I think I think it should be emphasized. I you know all the retailers around the world, you are decreasing prices. You are playing with the price. Mm. But what about you know give your loyal customers something from that game? They will appreciate it. Let's go to to another two examples. Mm-hmm. Um, second example, uh, and I think very good for inspiration is, uh, a pharmacy chain, uh, Dr. Max. It's a European brand. Uh, it's, uh, I think in seven, eight countries and their proposition is focused on under, on elderly people because they go to pharmacies with prescription and their topic is, you know, saving money. So. Any yeah. prescription, almost almost any, has some additional charge. And what they offer is uh, decreasing the charge by 50% or 100%. So, so they move the value, which, can, which all the other pharmacists collect, to their loyal customers. And in the end, this pharmacy chain is number one on the market, have more than half of total population in the database, is far leading the market, is profitable because of the size. Sometimes when you give away, you get even more back. So that's the second example. And third one, my uh, uh, very favorite one is from leisure industry. It's GoPass. It's the program for uh, ski resorts, 
for aquaparks, for hotel chain, for hotels and golf resorts. It sounds boring, you know. People go uh, ski and, and and get back home. And um, what what has achieved GoPass was total transformation of the business. So at the moment, the GoPass is the gate where you buy your tickets, where you exchange tickets, where you see the prices because, of course, they are capacity industry, so they do. Um, um, dynamic pricing yeah. is the place where you collect points, where you collect the rewards on various activities. And I'd like to highlight something I really love and admire. And it was idea of one of my partners in company, the ski challenge. It's, it's a different kind of gamification. It's the challenge. So you, Charlie, as a skier, yeah, you set a challenge in on the beginning of ski uh, ski season. You some nice way you say, okay, this season hundred miles. And the game is that we are counting. They are counting the miles you ski through the season, and they are constantly reminding you that you are so close to your uh, milestone. The ski challenge is such a you know yeah, such a brilliant and simple idea that people are self-controlling themselves <laughs> and going to, to get the, 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 the black bomb or some different uh, sticker and put it on the helmet, you know, going to, to be loyal for the sticker. That's, that's really, uh, that's amazing. And, and dozens of thousands of people are, are engaged because at the moment, Gopas, and I didn't say, sorry, is uh, is not a something local. It, it's um, it is in I think seven ski resorts and aqua parks, uh, at least three, and it, it's also uh, expanding to Alps, to to Austrian and then Switzerland uh, ski resorts as a platform. Because now they are offering that as a platform which we can um, rent. Yeah, okay. I think it's fantastic. It was one of my favorite case studies in the paper, actually, because it made me really think like, gosh, we don't have anything like that in Britain. Why don't we have anything like that? You know, we have the sports apps, we have the running apps, we have the cycling apps. You know, that industry has done a fantastic job of driving activity level. We learned about board riders when we were out in Zurich, didn't we, at the Loyalty Summit? I was yeah. like, again, yeah. all these brilliant sort of sports specific apps, but we don't have that kind of that equivalent leisure app over here. And I was like, oh, actually, that's such an interesting opportunity yes, to think yeah, about yeah, yeah. and I think those similarities between programs are, are so interesting as well you know Boots is obviously very similar to the case studies that you've talked about I think actually you know they've now introduced variable pricing they're actually reducing the points that they give away and, you know I wonder what they could learn from looking at those other programs to see actually you know what new ideas can it bring I think it's the best bit about the research sort of understanding how others are doing it and you know what can you be inspired by um What's the most important lesson you've learned in loyalty marketing? And that's tricky for somebody who started off by founding a program and then running it for 10 years. I'm sure there's many, many lessons. But for the listeners, what are the sort of key, what key lesson would you like to share? I think you'll be surprised it's not about customers. Hmm. Um, my approach to, uh, to design a scheme to do the work is to go see and listen to people. So I do deep dive interviews myself, not through agency. I 
I'm really keen on to 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 see the people, what they, how they use the product, etc. But my biggest learning is different one. Loyalty program can cultivate company. Let me explain it. Every company is a product-oriented machine because the founder, her or him, he was focused. He 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 developed something, you know. Yeah. Whether it's service or product, etc. But but it's a product orientation, and um, that's important because when you are small entrepreneur, you have to survive. You have to focus on the product and and deliver the product. But only a few companies, while they're growing, they put customer in the center. Because normal way of growth is that you are such a fall in love with the product, so you polish it and you grow, you are bought with bought by someone or you buy your competitors and you grow to a corporation. And in the corporation, there are so many stakeholders. It's not about customers. Customers are only one of them. Yeah. And my learning through all these years, seeing, watching, talking uh, to to my clients, companies, um, is that when a company have a strong loyalty program, there is no escape. They simply, you know, it doesn't, it, it, it don't allow you to, to not to talk about customers. They are on the table. They are, they are around the table in the boardroom. You can't ignore them and it cultivates people because they at least have to talk and discuss all the problems which are created by the yeah. big database of people. So you can't ignore the voice when you have strong loaded program. And that's my biggest lesson. So I'm always telling my clients, it will change your organization. You don't, you don't believe it now, but... Your metrics, uh, what you are discussing in the board, will be uh, um, added by metrics related to your loyal customers, and you finally will see that the, that that your life, your bonuses, your future profit is in hands of such a little group of loyal customers, because the part of the principle twenty eighty. It's valid. You have 100 million customers, but only two to five to 10 million are the most important one who will buy, uh, go uh, next year again and will not not, um, leave you uh, even in, in bad times. So that's it. I think that's a great insight. I think it's very closely linked to one of mine, which is to see the power of that insight that the loyalty program brings about who those customers actually are and then how it can change things across the business and it can make businesses reprioritize and understand better. You know, I can think of quite a few loyalty programs who post-launch have actually sort of changed the whole customer segmentation of a business because they understood where that value was. And I think that power of that insight is um, is so key to, to marketing as a whole you know, of which loyalty marketing is such an important part. Um, Where do you get your sort of inspiration and updates from? You know, what resources do you look to to find out what's happening in the industry and how we can kind of build and and freshen up that insight? It's one of the questions we always get asked. Everybody always wants the top tips on where they should be looking. Where do you look, Radek? 
Well, I found out that there is a little application called ChatGPT. <laughs> yes, it's fantastic. No, 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 no. Let's let's be serious. <laughs> it, it it is important, and uh, it will be even more important in the future. But um, I I don't want to talk to the machine. I'm listening to people. So let's talk loyalty. And this is you know yeah. my source of inspiration. And I've and I don't listen to people to to steal their ideas, but but very often they say something by the way, some important information for me, but they just mention it like, mm, okay, let's go. So uh, I listen to people. Um, my the biggest source of knowledge is I'm judge uh, uh, at uh, International Law Awards, and to be honest with you. Reading these all these dozens of applications every year, um, um, discussing with other judges and 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 you know being in the position of selecting the winners, it is not very pleasant job because you have to you know you you see that all all applicants were trying their best and there are maybe three, sometimes four who are you know. Who are who could be the winners? So the selection process is very painful, but uh, but for me it's the the biggest learning I can get, and uh, I'm very honored to 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 be there. My blog is perfect source of information if yeah. you speak Czech. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's all right. There's loads of translation out there. I think that's been such an uh, yeah, exciting is, part of is. the European paper. You know, we 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 can translate it so quickly between between languages. Yeah. Yes, everyone must check out the blog. It's great. And of course, LinkedIn. Uh, yes. When you when you want to know what is going on in the industry, uh, there are always people on LinkedIn who are sharing the best so and there are not too many i think some loyalty industry i watch about 20 maybe 15 20 people yeah. and and i you know everything what's happening yeah and i think that clmp community that we're both part of through the loyalty academy is a, is a great network as well and really kind of growing in terms of insight and inspiration as we move to the end, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners as my sort of final question? Any other big thoughts you want to leave, case studies you want to direct them to look at, um, innovations that you've seen, any sort of last, last thought? What we struggle with is uh, uh, metrics. In the white paper, uh, you uncovered uh, a lot of information through exact metrics. And, uh, you know, the, the biggest question I've faced during all the years, it was, are my customers loyal or not? So you can't find the, the answer inside transactions. In transactions, you see what happened, but you don't see what, don't, what doesn't happen. So um, my, my message is that, that we should uh, find some unified metrics and because I was struggling with uh, answering the question whether my clients' customers are loyal enough too much. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've developed some uh, net loyalty score. It's a, it's a metric where we can apply it on the database and, and see whether, uh, according to benchmark, the, the, the client's database is 
is loyal or not. And I think that what we should talk more about is really uh, how do we measure things, not report transactional um, behavior, because that, that you can see in reports, Power BI and you got it. But, but what is the share of wallet? How the customers are spending outside my world, outside my brand, and um, and that's why we we uh, invented Netloyalty Score because in combination with Share Wallet, it gives you perfect picture about where do your customers spend else of their wallets, and do they feel loyalty and and do they appreciate your efforts or not? So my my very last message is really be loyal to your customers. Please measure the loyalty also outside your brand. And be focused on um, on um, signals. They, you know, the loyal customers are always sending signals. They, they, they are not always positive. They, they are the first who will tell you something's going wrong. So um, have a big ear and and listen to them and uh, take the message from from most loyal customers very seriously. That's some great advice for program owners everywhere and everyone who works in the industry, I think. And obviously, as a loyalty nerd, I particularly like to measure it and then learn from it and then do something different as a consequence of it, component of that. Um, if people have further questions for you, Radek, where are you available? We'll obviously include all the links and everything in the notes that go out with this podcast. But how is best for people to reach out to you? Radekrachovic.com, Volkswagen.com. But the best way is to find me on LinkedIn. And uh, it's very easy because Radek Hrachovets is the only one person around the world working in loyalty. And there are not so many other people uh, with the same name. So you will definitely find me on LinkedIn very easily, almost instantly. That's fantastic. So, and we'll so, include that. We'll yeah, include and, that. Um, bio. I'm happy to answer questions and, and talk to people. And uh, I very uh, regularly uh, attend to a uh, fair where we have advisor zone and 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 we do advising for free. So anybody you know have a question related to how to measure loyalty, how to how to maybe evaluate an idea, find me on LinkedIn, send me a message, and I'll try to help you. Fantastic. Please do reach out to Radek, everybody. He's an absolute wealth of insight and information on loyalty. Um, and he's very quick to respond to as well. So I can highly recommend reaching out with questions. So Radek from Voxwise, thank you so much for your time today, for sharing all your expertise and ideas. We hugely appreciate it. Um, and that's goodbye from Let's Talk Loyalty. Well, it was a pleasure and thank, thank you very much. This show is brought to you by the Australian Loyalty Association, the leading organization for loyalty professionals in Asia Pacific. Visit their news and content hub for the latest loyalty insights from around the world. Or why not submit your own article for publication? For more information on their loyalty services and networking opportunities, visit AustralianLoyaltyAssociation.com. so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, 
simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.